right, guys. This is a winning court without a line. I'm Dave Harwood, and I will be your host this evening. Thank you for joining me on this Sunday, October 3rd, uh, the day before my my youngest child's birthday. Anyway, happy birthday. <laughs> uh, tonight, we're going to be discussing uh, art, artifice, and artificial, the three A's governments use to copy or imitate authority. Okay? I'll say it again. Art, artifice, and artificial, the three A's government uses to copy or imitate authority. And what I mean that should come pretty uh, become pretty apparent once I um, define these three words and uh, give you a bit about some of the terms that are synonymous with these terms. So we will start with art. So. Art is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination, typically in a visual form such as a painting or a script, uh, sculpture, for works to be appreciated primarily for their beauty or emotional power. The various branches of creative activity such as painting, music, literature, writing, and dance uh, literature which would mean writing, okay? And writing has been used as a tool for art for a very, very, very long time, uh, including <laughs> the beginnings of written language were pic pictographs, basically, pictures, okay, expressed in art. Anyway, is a way of wording things. It's a wide range of human activities okay, that uh, involve created imagine, creative imagination and an aim to express technical proficiency, beauty, emotional power, or conceptual ideas, ideas. Uh, there's generally no agreed definition of what constitutes art, and ideas have changed over time. Uh, I am suggesting that art is one of the things uh, that government has done. It's created something, a writing, usually a birth certificate, okay? Uh, it's artful. I don't know if you, uh, if you haven't seen the, uh, oh, what was the name of the, the, the movie there? Um, I'll get back to it. Anyway, uh, like Patents of Nobility. If you're an artist or a writer, you know, back in the, Middle Ages, you would, you know, if you could write, if you could write or draw or read, uh, you had it over on just about 90% of the population that could have. Uh, governments uh, and uh, the church specifically wanted to keep people uh, from being able to read and write or express themselves freely. Um, you know, throughout history, okay? So, so education and, and being able to read and write um, 
you know, if, if most of the population didn't understand what was being written or, or, or what was written, they, you know, were at a, a uh, um, disability. They're at a disability. And the legal profession uses words or terms of art uh, exactly that way to create things. Okay? It's word art. Um, a lot of babble that if you looked at it, you would think was English. A lot of it is not English. It's word art. Uh, what you think it means in English, it means something totally different. And if you've studied law at all, uh, you know, you're into this and, and, and you've been looking at law books and, and, and looking at uh, statutes and codes and all these arts, you know, word art or terms of art that have been created. That's exactly what it is, the Declaration of Independence. And every, <laughs> everything that's ever been written down is art. It's used to express, to paint a picture of something, you know? And uh, it's funny, I was working with Daniel today, and we were looking through the Florida statutes. And all I could think of is, wow, this paints such a, 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 a nefarious, ugly picture of people who want to control other people using this word art, uh, terms of art. So with that being said, art, okay, is the root word of artifice, which was the second A. Okay. And artifice. Now this is the root description, a scheme or artifice. Okay, so an artifice is a scheme to defraud, is not capable of precise definition, okay, because you can say it's this, you know, you put your finger on it. Uh, there's so many ways that uh, to create a scheme or defraud. So its definition Okay, precise definition and capable of creating one, uh, which is interesting. But generally is a plan or a trick to deprive another of the intangible right of honest services or obtained by false or fraudulent pretenses, representations or promises, money or property from someone. Okay, it's a scheme to defraud people out of their property or their rights and property, which if you think about the public trust and what it is when you register something into it, it's, it's literally uh, a false conveyance of rights to them in the form of a legal title to whatever it is that you believe is yours. Okay, so when you register it, you create a split title situation. Okay, you go from ownership to stewardship. Uh, under their legal title. So they're giving up ownership. The one in trust law, if you are the legal title holder, you are the owner. You make up the rules. Okay, so an artifice is a scheme to defraud, okay? It's a plan or a trick to deprive another of intangible right of honest services or, obtain, or obtained by false or fraudulent pretenses, representations, or promises. Well, interesting. 
fraudulent pretenses, okay? We used to use pretense in investigations. I was an investigator for years, and we used pretense and pretext, uh, which is very similar. Okay. They are uh, untruths, <laughs> okay? So I tell Grandma that I have Cousin Danny uh, come looking for Uncle Bob and his car. So I call Grandma and say, hey, it's, you know, Cousin Johnny, and I need the address for, for uh, you know, Uncle Bob since he moved. Got to send him a birthday gift. Okay? That's fraudulent pretenses of pretext, okay? Trying to get something, money or property from something. Okay? Interesting that they used representations, okay? Representatives. Well, promises. Politicians do this all the time. Uh, money and property from someone. Okay, so that's a part of this. There are... Okay, some, some common synonyms of art. All right, and I wanted to get into this a little before I move on with artifice. Um, synonyms of art are artifice, <laughs> craft cunning, and skill. And while all these words mean the faculty of exe uh, executing well what one has devised, art implies a personal, unanalyzable, creative power. So, and I say the birth certificate was created in art, okay, that the government's laws are created in art. That's what I'm talking about. They are schemes. And if you read through enough of them, they'll say uh, those very words, a scheme by which, you know, um, and, and it's in there. <laughs> they, they're not hiding it. Okay, it's a scheme. It's art. Okay, nice to look at. Not, eat, not really, but, <laughs> you know, it, 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 uh, it you know, has a power to uh, move the, the other uh, definition of art uh, expression you know, to make you feel. Well, you know, the art of law makes people feel mostly pain, suffering, oppression, you know, uh, under the gun, so to say, okay? Uh, to use an artful expression. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to go through uh, some synonyms and antonyms of art. Craft. Profession, aptitude, expertise, craftsmanship, artistry, facility, imagination, ingenuity, inventiveness, mastery, knowledge, know-how, knack, method, trade, virtuosity. These are words that are synonymous with, okay, for art. Ignorance is opposite of, or an, uh, is an antonym for, ignorance, entertainment, inability, inca incapacity, ineptitude, lack, want, science, unskill. Interesting that science is, is there as an antonym for art, okay, along with unskilled and incapacity and ineptitude and ignorance and ability. <laughs> okay, so you get in the picture here of uh, art, okay, and, and this, these are things that art is not. Art is not entertainment, 
right? So why are they acting in law? Okay? Acting is an art, you know, entertainment. The same thing as being entertained with actors on television in a movie or a show. No different at all. Okay? They are called actors. All these offices and titles that are held. They're all actors. They're not the office. No more than a carpenter is a hammer, okay? A carpenter is, is, is a term for someone who can build a house, okay? It's, it's, I've seen some people who couldn't build a house that have been called carpenters, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'd say that would be art. But, you know, politicians, these, these uh, offices, they hold the titles that they hold, okay? Those are artificial persons. They're the act, they are the office, the persona, the mask, the legal person, the judicial person, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they are all created entities. And they're all created using writings, art, terms of art. Right? By writing a piece of paper, I can give myself limited liability. Right? If I set up an LLC, okay? <clears throat> or even a trust for that matter, whether it be a private trust or a, or a uh, statutory trust. Okay? It's an art. It's, it's something that you're creating out of nothing. Okay? It's an idea. So when people say, you know, when I ask me, oh, you know, uh, what is a business? You know, when I when I do trust work, the big business trusts sometimes. So um, <coughs> the only thing that's held as an asset in the business trust is the name of the business. That's it. Because all it is was an idea, a name and an idea. So if I wanted to open, let's say, a flower shop, okay? Open a shop to sell flowers. Boom, that's the idea. Now, if I'm making money from that idea, I don't keep the money or any of the other assets in that trust. That gets that's own legal title in another trust. The only thing in that business trust is the name, the idea, okay, the art. So if somebody sued the business, they can have the name. That's it the only thing that the company owns, the only thing that's held in that trust. Everything else is, you know, out somewhere else in your estate. So, again, it's a document. The point that I was getting at is a trust is a document. It's, it's, it's terms of art, uh, just like a corporation, terms of art, just like a person, terms of art. You know, we think, oh, yeah, I'm a person. Well, either you don't know what the definition of a person is, which most people who call themselves persons, uh, or we the people, okay? Are you a we the people? No. That has nothing to do with you. Okay? There's no definition there, uh, you know, for people, or you don't know the definition if you're considering yourself a people or a person or an entity that has been created by these folks calling themselves government. They created it. It's an art. And it was done on purpose. Okay? 
defraud, right? Artifice, to deceive. So what was the deception? And I'm going to say that the deception is the, the third A, okay? Artificial. And same root word, <laughs> same root for both of those previous words, artifice and art. Okay, so if you take the word artificial, which is just taking some art <laughs> and making artifice with it and making it official. So what is the result of or what uh, relates to the arts as opposed to what is natural? So it says, thus we say a corporation is an artificial person in opposition to a natural person. Okay, artificial is usually man-made, okay, is what the term means. So if you look at just the regular definition of artificial, come up with some interesting things. Artificial, made or produced by human beings rather than occurring naturally, especially as a copy of something natural. And I think that that is super important. <laughs> uh, made or produced by human beings rather than occurring naturally, especially as a copy of something natural, like you as a man or a woman. A copy was made it, an artificial you. A lot of folks don't understand, um, you know, don't really grasp the concept of, you know, the separation between what is a legal person or a judicial person or a legal fiction, okay, the legis persona, and a man or a woman. And we will, you know, subconsciously, because we've been ingrained to, to believe We've been in, in, indoctrinated to believe that, you know, are you a person residing in the U.S.? Are you a U.S. citizen? Um, you know, these, this U.S. citizen they talk about is the Enligus persona that they created. There is a, uh, there, there's a maxim that what you create is what you have authority over. Okay, if I create something, I have authority over it. Right? I made this, I name it. Even if you look at us, a man or woman uh, who has a child, you procreated it. Okay? So it is a, 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 an effective creation uh, or creative ability or uh, putting something together where you have um, that, that wasn't there before. If I create a, uh, if I put together a business and, and uh, out, of, out of an idea and create an industry around it, that is, you know, creating something. It's art. It's all art. Well, when art is used to manipulate and and um, take advantage of people, okay, a lot of times you'll you'll say, oh, you know, that one was, uh, that one's a. Uh, when you're talking about art, like uh, the Mona Lisa, you know, it's, it's not real. It was a copy, a bad copy, or uh, a fraud, an artifice. And it was there to deceive people into thinking that it was the, the original Mona Lisa. Well, they do the same thing with the money, right? They create these dollars and, and, and put numbers on them, and people think that they actually have value. But it's a copy 
It is a, uh, an imitation. It is a fraud of the real thing. It's not the real thing. It's a copy of the real thing. Okay? It's an OU of the real thing. Okay? It was used to defraud the, the people that they stole all the gold and silver from, most likely our relatives. Okay? Uh, someone said, well, I'm driving on roads, uh, you know, that are paid for by a taxpayer. Does that mean that it's implied that I follow their rules because they, they are roads? I think we're starting, that was a false start because the roads were, in, you know, included in the raw deal and when they took the gold in the gold back in 1933. Okay, when they went to this currency, it was, a, it was a theft, just like this whole last year and a half has been a theft, just like it was a theft back in 2008 when they uh, did all these uh, bailouts. It's always a theft. It's always an artifice. It's always a scheme to defraud and to steal the money of the people that are working their asses off uh, for a little bit of substance and it's a way for politicians and government and these people that call themselves government to basically live large on your back, your efforts, what you've done, what you've put together, okay? But their authority is artificial, okay? God created man, man created government, government created corporations so that they can have something to have authority over. And then the artifice was they convinced us all that we, we were this entity that they created. And they do that and keep us uh, that way using terms of art throughout their laws. And today looking at this, these laws and, you know, <laughs> for the state of Florida, and it happens now every time I read their junk, it really does. Um, it just pops out off the page, you know, that they're painting a picture, and it's always the same thing, that they have the right to do whatever they want because it says so right here. Well, you know, I've seen writing on the bathroom wall doesn't mean I'm going to have to follow that direction. So it's the same thing. You know, they could roll it out on a, you know, 2,000-mile-long roll of toilet paper. It's still art. They're still creating something that is designed to defraud us. And if you look at the words, the artful use of these words, especially today we were looking up definitions, transportation, vehicle, you know, uh, license. And, you know, anytime you go to these, these codes, these, these statutes, um, there's always a legislative intent. What was the intention for creating this artwork? And it'll tell you what it's for, you know, why this chapter was created and what the intention behind it was. And they always, you know, they use people, people, the term people, you know, or person, excuse me, person, not people, uh, person, okay? And then they'll add, you know, living in or residing in or having place of business in, or, you know, and then they slap all these things on there, casting a wider net. 
to see who's going to look at it and go, oh, that's me. And boom, you're smack in the scheme. Anyway, that's where I was going. I mean, when, when, when I was, uh, I used to eat kosher, biblical kosher. I didn't eat, uh, you know, shellfish and, and uh, didn't have any pork or anything that was, you know, uh, unclean, okay? But I like shrimp and I like crab and I like lobster and I like bacon. Um, you know, and I was kind of uh, frustrated when I, found, you know, when I found that, uh, you know, these things were, you know, yeah, I mean, good medical reasoning, okay, but also command, you know, command. It's in my trust. So, you know, this is part of my trust. So I went right away and started looking for artificial things to replace those things that I couldn't eat anymore. And I got into turkey bacon and, you know, imitation crab, which is a fish, you know, that's not, you know, that is kosher and things like that. So, you know, artificial is... Uh, in that in that respect, worked out well for me. Okay, but artificial when it comes to persons, artificial persons, and and that really goes to what's going on here with this uh, COVID vaccine. Okay, uh, genetically modified persons will not be considered natural persons. They are artificially enhanced persons, and Pfizer and these other ones, Moderna, and all have the the uh, the patents like Monsanto uses, and the artificial part of that, you know, of of the person's body whose DNA has been altered is now uh, would be considered an artificial person, copy, or something similar to, but not quite the original. It's a new creation created by Pfizer and Moderna and CRISPR. <laughs> anyway, they, they've altered the patents, okay? God's patent by doing this. That's what's going on as far as artificial in government. And that's what they, you know, that's what they're doing now. It's trying to get as many people uh, modified as they possibly can. Because how hard is it to get people who believe that they have to follow this piece of paper on, you know, this, this piece of art that that politician created yesterday and the one that that guy will create tomorrow and that woman over there created, you know, a thousand years ago. And we're going to go, oh, well, you know, it's a law. They wrote it down. <laughs> you know, I now belong to them. I did it. It was my own voluntary woman. I got the vaccine. So, like, people going, yeah, you know, I, I, I could have been and I'm just going to pay the ticket. They keep aligning themselves with the artificial, the legal person, the one that's under, you know, the, the U.S. citizen is the legal person. The driver's license is the legal person. The, you know, registration, the register, oh, the registrar, the one who registers something, is the, you know, uh, 
legal fiction, that's you. And we keep attaching ourselves to these artificial creations of the state and associating ourselves as if. And that's where a lot of us get in trouble. You know, or can't get out of the trouble. We are so tied to, oh, you know, it's my license. I, you know, I went to school to get this license for five years or seven years or whatever. You know. So if you did, if your license expired tomorrow, doctor, could would all of a sudden you'd lose all of your ability to help people? Or if your driver's license expired while you're heading down the highway, do you automatically crash? It's ridiculous. Like you can't do this without that. And all that license is is permission, okay, from an artificial authority. God's the only authority. God is the only authority. After God, it's you. You're the only authority over you and your stuff. And there's government. And the only authority they have is over co uh, <laughs> contracts that they've created, these awful contracts and entities that they've created. Corporations, corporate entities, corporate personhood. You just go back and look at, uh, you know, the Corporation Act and what happened, you know, when they, they went from, uh, you know, just doing your thing to, oh, now you can incorporate and have limited liability and, you know. <laughs> Government doesn't want anybody to be liable unless it's liable to them. Right? Because they offer this limited liability protection all the time. You can incorporate yourself. You can set up a company, an LLC, a limited liability partnership, even a marriage. They're all contracts with the government. And you're held limited liability to anyone else except the government. <laughs> and that's not done uh, by mistake. You signed a contract with them to set up a business, you gave them your business idea, you told them this is what we're going to do. And they said, guess what? You can manage this business for us. We'll give you a charter. And that's what you got. It's not your business anymore. You've given away any legal title to that business the second that you turned over your paperwork, your registration document to the Secretary of State. Gone. Your idea is no longer your own. It's regulated and, and, and run by them. Same thing when you do your car or your children or your house or any other thing that is yours or that you have an, a, a, an interest in. Okay? They've taken your authority and created this artificial authority that represents you. They are your representatives. Well, if they represent you and they're agents, then why can't you fire them? And then I'll hear my status friends go, well, you can, but you've got to go and them out and, or, you know, have them impeached and blah, 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 all this, you know. I think every president for the last, I don't know, 20 years has been impeached at least once. <laughs> and uh, guess what? I've never seen one taken out of office. And, and thrown into the back of a police car. Not one. Or any other politician for that matter. 
So they are using this artificial authority that they have uh, artifice, used artifice to take from you and from God for their own purposes and for their own benefits. It's artificial authority. It's not real authority. If it is, <laughs> if it's real authority, please, please, uh, I'm going to open it up to, to the group. Prove that it's legitimate authority and not artificial authority. Because I've gotten a single response from anyone in government, here, in Canada, uh, you know, anywhere, that has come back and said, yep, <coughs> my authority is from here. This is where I have authority over you and your stuff. Here's the evidence. Not once. Artificial. And the easiest way to get rid of artificial authority, stop paying any credence. If it's claimed against you, then, then question it. And I'm going to open it up to calls, you know, to uh, questions, comments, statements, you have an issue you're dealing with, feel free to uh, bring it up now. And welcome to the call. Can anyone hear me? Yes. We hear you. Hi, Dave. It's Jessica. Hey, Jessica. Thank How you. are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. I just want to say that was very well put together. Thank you for um, sharing that perspective of looking at what they call authority over us in that manner. It, was, it came out very well. Thank you. I'm glad you understood it. it was, uh, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was a rush. Uh, it was it was. The idea was put together quickly. I didn't have a lot of time today, but uh, everything was there within uh, the the term artificial. So it was pretty uh, pretty interesting, even just going through and looking at. You know, when you look at words, art. Uh, you know, it's a, I love reading definitions and antonyms and synonyms because you know you really get a good understanding of what they're trying to say, or you know whatever the word is trying to say. And uh, it's always way more than just, you know, what the word is. There's always more to the word. Well, the way, you put, the way you put it together was, um, uh, it was, it was really great. Even though it was really, um, it was just very thorough. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Do you have any uh, questions or anything? Yes, David. Okay, Linda. Um, I want to know how to get the stuff that I need when I can't get online. What do you mean? I can't. As far um, as studying or? Yes. Okay. 
You have no way to get online? No. Your phone doesn't have a Wi-Fi, huh? Um, my phone does, providing I have uh, service. Okay. All right, well, call me uh, tomorrow. We can fix that. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody have any questions, comments? Doesn't have to be about the topic tonight. It can be about any legal issue or uh, if you're having a legal situation, need some help or have questions or, I don't know, somebody bothering you to wear masks or your employer is trying to force you in to get a shot or quit. Hey, Dave, this is your... Hey, Jeremy, can you hear how's it going? Excellent. How you doing? I can. Good, good. Good. I, I, just, I just jumped on. Um, sorry, I'm a little late. Um, remember I told you I had a brother up there in Montana? Yes. And, um, I didn't know you had one in Montana. I thought you said Michigan. No, 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 Montana. He's up in, in the Livingston area. Okay. Anyway. He's um, having some problems with his neighbors, so uh, this, this brought up a good opportunity to um, kind of get him up to speed on what uh, <laughs> what's what. Um, you know, he, he's a good old boy. He's just a good old cowboy. Um, he loves the Lord, and but you know, he's not ne- hasn't necessarily woken up to you know all this um, shenanigans that the state is trying to pull and everything. But he, he's learning slowly. I've been um, so we're um, he, he got contacted by an attorney that his neighbors said that he's not abiding by the covenants of the land that the homeowners association had instilled, and um, he really wasn't aware of any covenants. He's been on the property for about six years, and so the, the attorney said, "Listen." We want you to sign this contract that you have to do all these different things because he had livestock on there. They don't want livestock. They don't want any uh, farm animals, domesticated farm animals, or um, uh, any trailers or trucks. What's that? I said all these people uh, migrating here from California, bringing their stuff. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, Hey, we don't all think that way. I know. I'm I'm originally from Montana, but I'm currently on the land of California right now. But anyway, um, so the attorney sent this correspondence and letter and said, hey, um, there's some of your neighbors, I'm not going to disclose who, but um, um, they're not happy with what you're doing here, and uh, we want you to sign a contract that you're going to take care of all these things. And then if you, if you don't take care of them in the, in the deadline that you're given, then they can sue you in addition to what they can sue you for just violating the covenant. <laughs> and is there a covenant? Is there a homeowners association covenant? Well, see, I, I do my homework. And I, I looked them up. And in 1976, there's these covenants that were established for 30 years. And then um, 
and, and believe it or not, back in 1976, they were pulling all this stuff from the livestock in this area. This is Paradise Valley. Like, are they nuts? I mean, I, that's where I grew up. Everybody's got cows, right? Anyway, um, they, uh, uh, they expired January 1st, 2006. And now, so then on December 30th, 2005, they put in, because the, their covenant, they have to have a two-thirds vote of all the homeowners, so then they can vote to continue. So they, they made a continuance for another 30 years. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'm an accountant. I like to look up numbers and validate. And so I validated. I, I had them pull the, the records from the county recorder, and it has all of the, all the votes, basically, all the signatures and stuff, and I added them all up. And they're short five votes. <laughs> and, and they're out there pushing as if this stuff is real. You know? So I'm like, wow, that made my life a whole lot easier of helping him. You know, I mean, this is, just, this is a quick silver smoking bullet, quick, you know, a quick kill. Right? But now if they continue to go, so we're going to go through a little process here of asking them questions to make sure that they don't have any other evidence other than what's been recorded that the, um, uh, I basically have two questions. One, what evidence do they have that they've achieved the number of votes that they needed to continue the, uh, uh, to, to renew the, the covenant? And number two, what evidence do they have that they got them in on time? Because they may have, in 2006, later on, came back and added some extra votes somehow, which doesn't matter. But... Uh, he said somebody had mentioned something about that. Like, there was like six, or five or six extra votes or something. And, like, he couldn't find any evidence of it. He's going to go back and, and look at it. Um, so uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, we'll, just, we'll let them dig themselves in because here's the other thing. The attorney is saying, listen, we know you're, you know, this is a lot, a lot of work and hard for you and everything like that, but you can avoid all this. You can avoid lawsuit and everything else because I have somebody who wants to buy your property. So, oh, really? Yeah. So they're strong-arming him to get him to sell his property. That's what this is all about. Well, this, this, this is artifice, and it's not, not exactly think? what artifice Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. Man, they make ABC specials about this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, we want your you property. Easily, so. You could easily make that inference and, and, and show that evidence and let, you know, a preponderance of the evidence prove your case. Uh-huh. Bring suit against them for, for uh, racketeering. Mm-hmm. So we'll negotiate out of court. You know, we'll give them an opportunity to cure their error. Sure. But it will basically turn the, the tables on them. And, oh, you're going to sue me and force me and strong me into that? Well, guess what? You just committed fraud on the face. And by the way, the document that they actually have in there that they filed on December 30th, it says, in accordance with the covenant that we need two-thirds votes, we have all those votes, and they're listed down below. And... The document itself is fraud on the face because it says we have all the votes that we need right here. So even if there are another six votes or wherever they're at, it doesn't matter. 
That was a fraudulent document when it was filed. Right. And this is an attorney actually standing on this. This guy, he doesn't know who he's messing with. He doesn't. He doesn't know that I'm involved with it. He just thinks he's dealing with some cowboy hick in Montana. He is. He's just totally setting himself up for this. And he's going to be paying up the nose. Um, I hope he's and he really successful. Just oh, he's going and to he be. be just yes, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I've got a whole list of, of uh, opportunities for him to cure uh, from my brother exercising his rights to make a bar complaint, uh, to make a federal complaint. I mean, he files stuff in the state courts and stuff like that, and he's a foreign agent. That's illegal, too. And we've got a whole, whole slew of things. He's got racketeering. He's got conspiracy. Um, he's got just a whole bunch of stuff. And we have documents of all this stuff. Every, he's, he's continually... Does he live in the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. Does he yeah, live in the neighborhood? He does not live in Paradise Valley. He lives in Livingston. I think. Actually, his office is in Livingston. It's in a house. I don't know if he lives in a house, but it's, that's where his office is. But is he a member so, of the HOA? Um, no. The attorney himself is not a member of the HOA. Okay, but he's representing an HOA, right? No. He's representing members of the HOA. <laughs> these are private because, because these are just covenants that were actually put on and not necessarily to be enforced by the HOA, but it was an HOA who actually instilled it, but they kind of like dissolved. And now these last few months are actually trying to come back and reestablish everything. Um, but I, I don't know if he represents the HOA or not. I haven't seen any documents. So he, he's never mentioned, made any allegations that he represents the HOA. He's just saying that he no. represents certain people. He named one person, and he said there are many others who are the neighbors who are part of the estates in the, in the area um, who, are, who, are, who are paying him, basically. Does so the original gonna, HOA entity still exist? Well, it's kind of a yes and no answer to that. Um, because, number right. one, um, they kind of dissolved. They never did anything. They didn't charge any dues and fees, but they just came out in August saying, hey, we're back. We're strong as ever. Everybody has, needs to pay $15, but it's voluntary. Um, but if you don't pay, then you can't vote. Uh, but you still have to abide by all the regulations. So we still have, we have stuff even on the HOA itself. So they're so, trying to contract people back into a, a covenant with this organization that they're trying to put together, which was, right. you know, the original contractor is defunct, gone. His right. contract died with the same way the Constitution died with its signers or its beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So... Um, so this is going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, I mean, at first, I mean, the, the attorney, he's like coming out. And he, he, said, he sends him a settlement agreement and says, you have to abide by this on this date. You have to do that on this date. You have to do this on this date and everything else. And, and if you fail to do so, then we can sue you and we can blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, oh, by the way, you can avoid all of this 
if you want to sell your property. <laughs> wow. It's in the notice? Yeah, yeah. It's in, we got that on email. We got his, his emails stating all this. You got to love that. He's doing the work yeah. for you right there. I know. Uh, I'm just thinking, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And so I better get a cut of this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, Probably, yeah. But there is one other thing that I have to follow up on, just to be absolutely certain about my numbers. And if, just for some reason, there was a less number of lots back in 2005 than there are now. I'm using the number of lots that are now if they somehow became subdivided or something like that. I, I don't think it is based on that, but the document, that the, the plot, the map that I had of everything was a current map. It wasn't a map of the original map. So, so that's the only one thing that I don't know as far as if at 2005 there was less number of. But, I, but, but looking at how it's all laid out and everything, I don't think that's possible. But I'm just verifying that. And as soon as, base, as, soon as I get that 100% verified, we're just going to be, just be ringing up the cash register. Mm-hmm. There you go. What is the developer for the you know for those for the whatever Paradise Estates was the developer the original uh, signer for the HOA? Yes. And the developer yeah. are they still in business? No. Well, I don't know, but they're not there. They're not any part of the HOA or uh, they don't have an office on the property. All those are gone and done. I mean, that's, you know, 50 years ago. Right. So if it doesn't exist anymore, how, the only way that they can reinstitute it is if everybody agrees to it. Yeah, according to their documentation, they need two-thirds vote. But then, even still, you know, this is the same problem I had with my other brother in, in Wisconsin. The site HOA that was established is so wishy-washy. They don't have any signed contract by anybody agreeing to all of this, of making They just made it up, started billing for it, put it, and started acting as if they're an HOA, and everybody has to pay. And they're like, okay, just do it. And now my brother's like, well, uh, wait a minute. What's that? I was going to say, what's the property zoned for? Is it agricultural, uh, residential? Uh, that I, I don't, I don't have a, an actual answer on that. Um, all I know is they call some of the lots lots, and it's called some of the lots ranch ranchettes. And um, but the covenants say that it can only be used for residential purposes. But this is like right in the middle of Paradise Valley, which is like right. all farmland no, or rancher land and stuff, you know? Um, but this is why you know, they can... What's that? I said that's why I'm asking about the zoning, because if it's mixed use, residential and agricultural, if there are ranches on the property and people and have horses because like Vegas is cordoned off like that over on the north side of Las Vegas. There's 
houses that are residential neighborhoods, you know, no bigger than the next house over. And there's horses in the back and cows in the back and, you know, and goats and whatever. Um, you know, and it was a mixed zoning. I can't see that Montana zoning would be anywhere as far as a, a state zoning law that says that, you know, unless you're, you know, right in the middle of the city, and even then, I'm sure that there's some exceptions, chickens and things like that. Yeah, well, the, uh, but as far as this area goes, they, and what their covenants say, they can have horses, but they cannot have domesticated farm animals other than horses. But then my question is, is, well, dogs are farm animals. They're domesticated, and so are cats. Cats are used to go out micing and stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's, they have a whole bunch of stuff. You can't put up signs. You can't put up a business. You can't have, a, have any advertising, thing like that. And there's, there's lodges out there. There's, like, these uh, rental places, these bungalows, things that you can go, because it's right on the Yellowstone River where you can go and go. I mean, there's, there's so much shenanigans going on with this, what the people are actually doing and what these covenants are actually saying. And because the covenants are actually mute. But the point is, I proved that it's fraud on its face, that recording for their continuance on that, in and itself, regardless if my numbers are wrong, they said that that's all the numbers and that's all the votes that they have. And, well, I'd like to are attached to his parcel, his piece of property, at his closing, if, they, if he had to sign something acknowledging these uh, these covenants, covenants. Right, exactly. And, and I, I went through that with him at nauseum, and there is no such thing. He well, then there is no covers. And then he went down to recorders and pulled out. He didn't sign anything, uh, right. for one. And then the person who he bought it from didn't sign anything. There's nothing on him uh, for all that. Well, so the custody, you know, at least two generations of custody that that had no covenant so if there was no covenant and it wasn't uh at, at the time expressed that there was a covenant at the you know at the sale then there is no covenant none so all this attempting to have you con or have him contract is just that an attempt to have him contract or covenant with them and listen to their bs i would turn around and say hey you bring me a covenant that I signed and agreed to when I purchased the property, then we could talk. Other than that, take your act that through. Exactly. But we're going to let them hang themselves a little bit better. <laughs> I don't think he's himself up good. Set himself up. Yeah. No, 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 totally. So uh, we're just going to secure a few more things and let them hang themselves a little bit better. Um, I already gave him uh, a letter to, or it's an email uh, to send with exactly those, pretty much verbatim that questions that you're asking. Um, but basically, you know, what, what proof do you have that um, these covenant that they received for the renewal received the appropriate number of votes and that they got it in on time? And because what right, I want to so see is I want I want to I want to find these other these other votes that allegedly he, he thinks that they may come in in 2006, I want to see these things come in, and then I want to go, and I'm going to get the books. I'm going to subpoena the books from the notaries to find these things and see if they did some backdating. Because either way, it doesn't matter, because what was recorded, it says all of them that are here 
are sufficient. It says all, we, we, we got all we needed, and they're listed below in this document, in this filing. So we got them on that. But I want to take it a little bit further, and I want to find these notaries that are backdating if they're doing that. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to cover this, you know, usually and bring in a whole lot. What, usually when you go into a homeowner's association and you're looking at property in a, in a, in a community that has is an HOA, right, a homeowner's association, where they choose to associate together, okay? And you agree to the association and to live by its rules. When you move in, they, they here's the rules. If you want to live here, then this is the rules you follow. And if he didn't get that, then he doesn't have a covenant or an HOA that I could see that, that would even have a, a valid claim against him. He exactly. did 50 years ago. He's only been there six years. And in the six years he's been there, there's been no, uh, you know, this thing was gone back in 06, 05, for the reasons that you state. And, and you know, ever since then, anybody who's claiming there is an HOA is an imposter, a usurper. They're lying. They yes. have no track with the other homeowners. Exactly. I think they it's would awesome. have to exist sort of a trust or association, whether it be statutory or otherwise. Yeah, yeah well, the, uh, the, the Montana, Montana State Code actually specifies, I don't have to have it right in front of me, the exact code on it, but I'm going to paraphrase a bit. Uh, it says, homeowners associations cannot impose any of their ordinances, rules, regulations, or anything like that unless they have express written consent from the homeowner. And they don't have any of that. So uh, right. there's, there's no question here, at least in my mind, you know, but, but it's, it's not just about saying, hey, you can't touch me. It's like, oh, you're committing fraud here. Now you want to extort money from me. Guess what? We're going to turn the tables. And I say me up because it's my brother, but, you know, it's, it's my family. It's blood, right? Even if it was water, anybody else right. would help just the same. But... Um, but we're going to flip the tables on them. And so I'm going to expose everything that they have to see how many people are involved in this. Now, there's another concern because if the attorney is really right that he's got a bunch of other neighbors, this is where he lives. This is where my brother lives. We want to maintain right. the peace with the neighbors. We don't want to just totally deprive them, steal their homes from them. And that wouldn't be stealing. It would just be, you know, duly taking um, based upon the crimes and fraud and conspiracy and everything else. But that, that's, not, that's not what we want. we want. He wants to live in peace. But he does need to take a chunk out of them to let them know that you don't ever do this again. So we're going to find everybody who's involved in this conspiracy, and we're going we're to expose them all, and they're all going to have a little chunk take out of them. Filed? Has the lawyer filed with the court already? No, he hasn't. He's in the negotiation mode here, which it's just a threat. You know, this is what attorneys do. Most attorneys never set foot in the court because they try right. to, to use their power of threat of intimidation, and that's what he's doing here. He's just right. trying to flex his muscle and, you know, to this dumb cowboy who doesn't know better. And when I say that, I say that with love, and he even says so too, you know, because he's like, these guys think I'm stupid. You know, he's like, this is wrong. This is whatever. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That is wrong. Good instinct, you know, and we'll, we'll – we'll, 
we'll flush them out on it. Well, so, uh, I would definitely call it bluff, you know, and uh, tell them, hey, listen, bring the suit if that's what you want to do. But I'm, I'm, I'm giving you proper notice that, you know, if you do, it's, it's going to be a fraud on the court on its face and a fraud against me. Well, we're not going to play that route. We're going to suck him in just a little bit more to where we have the complete picture of everybody who's involved in the fraud. And then we're going to flip on them and say, we're going to do to you what you just did to us. And I say us again, this is my brother, but nevertheless. Um, you can pay us each. You know, each one of you is going to have to pay. Well, just come with a nice, even, low, just, just a tidbit of payment, say $10,000 a piece. And, and if you do, then we will, we will give up our right to sue you and to prosecute you for all these criminal trespasses. <laughs> That's what they did to him, right? So we'll just put it back on What's that? Tell them, or you, can all, or you can give me an ownership interest in all of your places, and I'll make up the rules. <laughs> Uh, well, there you go. So uh, we're going to work out that exactly how we negotiate that out. But um, we just want to make sure that we've got all the players involved, that they're identified, and to see the full extent of whatever their fraud is. And um, and when we get that research done, then we'll, we'll pull the plug. And that, that's, it's not even going to – I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know how stupid these people are. They're stupid. But they're evil, stupid, not just dumb, stupid. So they, they should probably yeah. negotiate. I, you always seem to find these interesting situations, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's my family. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, look, looking for opportunities. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, what does John call them? Uh, Early retirement opportunities. SROs. SROs, there you go. <laughs> Sudden up, uh, retirement opportunities. Spontaneous retirement <laughs> opportunities. There you go. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm All right. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Keep us posted. Yeah, no, I will. Well, Hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll have some. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't remember who said it. It was one of the, the, I think it was one of the Supreme Court justices said that he uh, uh, about police officers basically saying that uh, you know, there, there's no right to be a, 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 a police officer, to be able to police anyone. There's, nobody has that right. I don't have the right to police you. You don't have the right to police me. Where did the police officer come from? And uh, I feel the same way about lawyers, you know, attorneys. I don't, I don't appreciate those that try to take what's mine and turn it over to someone else. <laughs> especially when they're committing fraud. 
which is most well, of the time. That's, that's why Jesus said, woe unto you lawyers. Absolutely. You whitewashed sepulchers. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Anybody else have a question, a comment, a legal issue you're dealing with and would like some help or some advice? Oh, no, I said legal advice in the same sentence. Uh-oh, now you're uh, busted. Law enforcement officers out there, go ahead and, and, and bring your claims. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Well, is, is Daniel on the line? I believe so. Cause I, I sent Daniel an email um, regarding you know, he had the, um, uh, the vaccine uh, 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 religious exemption. It wasn't exemption, but whatever it was. Anyways, I revamped that a little bit. I wondered if Eric Eric got to take a look at that. But also the other thing I made note mention that uh, I did not find – um, I went and looked on Bulletproof Solutions to find the Book of 100. He recommended reading the Book it's of 100 because we're still, we're still dealing with um, Postmaster General stuff. They, they refused to uh, uh, do general delivery. And I, I've sent some stuff to my brother, general delivery, and here's the funny thing. Uh, the attorneys of the Postmaster sent a letter to him, General Delivery, saying, we're not going to do, we're not going to give you General Delivery. And then, but I sent something and he didn't get it. And this has been a few weeks now. And uh, there's some felonies for withholding mail if he's <laughs> not giving the mail on that. But I, I want to right. read the Book of the Hundred. And do, do you have that on your site? Because I didn't find it. Yes, it is on there. It is, is on the is site. That, it's in the, is that named Book of the Hundred? Or? Yes. It is. I believe right. it's up in the top left of the page. But it is there. All right. I'll go back and look. Yeah. I What I do with general delivery, well, I do a couple things with general delivery, or used to anyway. Um, if I'm going to be somewhere that I know I'm going to be close to a post office, uh, and I'm having a friend or somebody sending me something, I'll say general delivery at this post office. And I'll go in ahead of them and say I'm expecting a package general delivery at the post office. So if something shows up with this name on it, it belongs to me. Uh, you know it ahead of time. You know, you give notice at the post office to the postmaster who's there. I've done this in small towns only. Um, however, what I do when any time a cop asks me what my address is, is general delivery at whatever post office. And general delivery at and whatever post office is not a, a place where you can be served service. Okay? Um, so when I, you know, I can honestly say that I never received it. And if it was sitting at the post office, after 30 days, they'll return it to sender saying that it was uh, never picked up. It was, ne- you know, so using it that way works real, really nice. Um, matter of fact, the, the case that I had in Missoula that went two and a half years, they were sitting 
service to the Missoula Post Office, uh, general delivery. At one time, they tried to serve it to a gas station that, um, <coughs> that was parked at for a couple of weeks during the winter, during the snowstorm. And because that's where the cops knew I was staying, they, they tried to send it to uh, the gas station there. And I know they weren't accepting mail on my behalf, nor was I, you know, uh, associated with that gas station in any way. So, you know, they, that's when they tried to change it from general delivery to somewhere else. But general delivery works just fine when we're dealing with, um, you know, with, with the government. Yeah, you want to get me general delivery at the post office at, uh, you know, one New York Plaza. <laughs> I'll never get it, never go there, but there you go. It's, you know, there's an address. Do you want an address? There's an address. That's a mailing address, because if they're asking for a mailing address, then that's the one I give them. Yeah, they um, said, uh, they, they cited some reasons why they couldn't do general delivery, and one of them being, it's just, it's too expensive. They can't just hold onto mail. It's too expensive. Instead, they've got to pay some guy to fill up the tank of some vehicle to go out and drive around all day long and deliver this stuff, yeah. and that's less expensive than just putting it in a file. Right. Well, that's why I don't ask at the post office. I don't set it up ahead of time. I just, you know, if somebody that I don't want contacting me, I give them general delivery at the post office, whatever oh, no, the post office stuff, address. This is for stuff he wants to receive his mail. Right. All he has so. to do is whoever is it is to tell whoever is sending it to send it general delivery at the post office and at, at that address. And yeah, that's, uh, what, that's what we've done, it. but he's not, he's not receiving it. He's going there to pick it up, and it's not there. Well, then, then you may have to call the postal inspector because somebody's messing with your mail. Yeah, well, that's the next step. But again, like I said, I wanted to read that book first before I uh, advance on that. Yeah, Book of the Hundreds. It is on the it is on the website in the library. Okay. It's a good one. You might want to read FM twenty seven ten, The Law of Land Warfare too. It has a little bit of different structure and it's a little it's um it's a very well, a comparatively small book. And I get uh, the mail sent through um, in the name of Jesus Christ, um, care of um, the given name and office of postmaster, and then I put the street address, and then I put um, the county, and don't even put the state, I just put the zip for the post office and dash nine 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 eight. Are you able to pick that mail up, Linda? Um, it gets delivered to my home uh, mailbox. By care of the postmaster, right? Yes, but I put it. I put all the mail in care of the postmaster because that's basically the office that takes care of it. 
No, I didn't do your How book. How do they know which you... home to, to deliver it to? Um, it has the address on it. I don't put the post office address. I put the address they're in care of. Oh, so just care of the postmaster, but to yes. the address that's on the, the house. Okay. The, the home or the apartment building or whatever it is. It's just it's just oh, on the envelope, put in care of the office of postmaster. Yeah, so the postmaster is responsible at that point because it's in his trust yes. or their trust to get that mail to you or to the person that, that uh, requested yep. it. And I, another thing I take advantage of, I just say, you know, it seems to me that the system that your system says you're bankrupt. So um, do you have to come up with any postage? And I've just increased this um, because I was in the hospital for four months, uh, four and a half months, and um, they, they changed postmasters. And I didn't... I didn't know, and the postmaster, I don't know if he knew or not. But it's a lot easier for them to find it in the FM2710. And I put the FM20, I put services de, de prisoners de guerre. <laughs> That's as good as I get in French. And it says that in paragraph 147 or somewhere around there. But um, I write services to prisoners de war, and that's prisoners of war service in parentheses underneath it. And then I put FM, four, um, FM 2710, the law of land warfare, only I, I use the whole title. There's more to it than that. It's in all capital letters. And I put 150. And I have found that works a lot better than their tax pursue. And I've heard they made some changes to their, their post office anyway, their, their postal requirements. But that's what I've used so far. And I've used it for um, five, five years now. And that was at FM twenty seven ten. Yes, and that's also in the Library of Congress uh, website. I think it's under small FM twenty seven ten, and I don't know what it's called. I just um, found that at Library of Congress because the government websites weren't very accurate with their information. Okay. Well, that might be a couple of things you might be able to use, Jeremy. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. But I'd, I'd really check out that war manual because it's, it's you know, it's still, it's still fiction, but it seems to get to the point a lot more directly, and I have had no... Um, 
um, disability so far. Now, I wasn't sure. Um, David sent me a couple of uh, paperbacks, uh, three, I think, and I asked him to send it to um, um, a different address because I was still experimenting with this after my four-and-a-half-month stay in the hospital. I was so sick. But anyway... Um, they seem to be back on track now. You can work everything out at the post office then. Yes. Very good. There you go. All right, guys, any other questions, comments, legal issues you want to talk about? Legal topic you might want to talk about? Something that you want to know, whether it pertains to a legal issue you're dealing with, or uh, just something you want to know. <laughs> well, well I for suggest me everybody. <laughs> Go ahead, Linda. I suggest that everybody read that war manual because it's got. Its language still isn't great, okay? Let's just face it. The language isn't going to be great in anything in there, stuff that we're going to read. But it seems to be a little clearer. And it's definitely much shorter than going through their statutes and stuff. And we are basically um, in a war down here, and that's what that, that's what that book admits. Well, thing with the war manuals, and you can get there's a link to that one and others on all of them. Actually, there's tons. Yes. Uh, started to put them into the library uh, by title, and there was just hundreds of them. So I decided just to give a link to where you can find them all. Uh, but there is a link in the library on the website bulletproofsolutions.org uh, that you can find all the field manuals, or you can just look it up, field manual 2710 or FM 2710. They're interesting reads, that's for sure. Yeah. And it makes sense. Uh, as prisoners of war, uh, you know, under the War Powers Act, that's, uh, you know, we, we're all enemies of the state, our, our legal persons. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Definitely interesting stuff. That's how well, I, I had to look through it. Go ahead, Go Jessica. Ahead. Did you have a question? I did. Um, it's um, it, it goes into a different topic, but I don't. I wasn't sure if um, if Linda was in talking about what she was talking about. Yes, I'm done. Thanks. Okay. Um, okay. So my question is on the. Um, the the flag that I see around that's black and white and has a blue line. What do you what does anybody know about that? Black and white and has a blue line. Are you talking about the police flag, the thin blue yes. line flag? Mm-hmm. What about? Mm -hmm. It's not a, well, it's not an official. Flag. 
Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I've heard that it's a um, it's well, technically it's a desecrated flag, and um, I like to watch cop watch videos, and I've heard of people actually going up to police officers, telling them to remove those flags, those stickers from their car mm-hmm. because it's a desecrated flag. Um, but then they also said that it's part of like a gang, like they're like their own little gang. Yeah, the blue, the blue line gang, the thin blue line. I, I've seen a lot of those videos myself, and and uh, that that thin blue line was, uh, you know, they 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 canceled that thing after Eric Garner and all that stuff that happened down there. It was in uh, I believe Missouri, but uh, <coughs> excuse me, the. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when they were saying, I can't, when, you know, people were protesting, going, I, you know, did shirts that, that I can't breathe with Eric Garner on there. And then uh, the cops started wearing shirts, I can breathe just fine. And, you know, we backed the thin blue line. And it's, uh, you know, the thin blue line is, is uh, the order following thug gang. They do what they want, and they protect themselves. They, they are criminal. It's a criminal gang. It's a criminal organization. And that's their colors that they fly. The crazy okay. thing about it is, is I've seen that on police uniforms in multiple states. And, uh, yeah, most folks don't, just don't say a word about it. That's like the fraternal order of police. It's a, it, it, you know, it's it's a gang. It's an association of cops, and you know, they basically it's their their union, where they you know if you if you they more so to keep people who are on the inside from you know crossing the line like a you know like a protest in protest, you know like you would have union workers with their signs on the side of the road. And those that, you know, break the, the line, the, the union line, uh, scabs, I guess they call them, you know, who go in and work without the protection of their, or, or without supporting the union. Well, the thin blue line is very similar to that in case, you know, some cop doesn't like what he sees his, his, uh, his brothers-in-law doing and decides to, uh, you know, they say, hey, you better not cross the thin blue line, you know, and they threaten, they make threats on them and do all kinds of But it's basically there. It's, a, it's an open show that, hey, we do whatever we want on this side. Of, you know, uh, we're, we are the line. It's just like, they, well, I'm the law. I've had cops tell me, well, I'm the law. Really? You know, amazing claim, considering you probably couldn't spell law. So then, would that would that be considered a conspiracy then? Well, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's a fact. They, you know, they wear this flag. It's not a an official flag of the government. Not that I care about official flags. I, I think the flaggetry is, is is a joke. You know, somebody pops a flag on your front yard and claims it for the United States of America. You know. Or the flag yeah. on the moon, or whatever, you know. They, you know, this 
flag planting thing is 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 uh, equivalent to you know we're 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 marking our territory. It's like a dog peeing on a on a tree. It's not much different. They're marking their territory, claiming it. It's a claim. When you go and you uh, claim property, like under the uh, mining act, you would go in and you flag the corners of your property. It's a claim, okay? And it's your flag. It's something that represents you. And then, you know, if you get somebody to come out and assay the property, they're going to, you know, uh, they're going to have the corners, a little pink tape with uh, a stick. You'll mark your property lines with flags. Now, you know, if a cop's wearing that flag on his uniform, well, then, then he's got multiple oaths that he's trying to, you know, tell everybody about. He's got an American flag. He's got the thin blue line flag, okay? He's got his supposed oath to the Constitution, and then he puts a mask on, literally, so that he can't be seen. And then his name and phone, you know, name and identity is redacted from the paperwork. Why? Who needs to be hidden? <laughs> well, they're hiding behind yeah. these badges. They hide behind that thin blue line, and they have an untold oath to each other to protect them from anybody who, you know, would would uh, claim anything against them, abuse or or uh, you know anything, fraud, anything. They protect themselves behind that thin blue line, which is an untold, uh, you know. Well, it's told. Cops all over the country have been threatened uh, if they were to cross the thin blue line. <laughs> but now they've come out and make it very, you know, open. Like, they don't care. Blatant. Profession, uh, you know, beyond you. Where this blue yeah. line starts, you, you, you can't affect us. Because we'll all lie and, and, and murder and, and steal to make sure that, that we're protecting ourselves. It's a gang. I consider that a gang, and I don't think it's a conspiracy. They're dangerous. Dangerous. Well, thank you for well, elaborating. Just, uh, yeah. I'll show you an example. Mike, who I don't know if he's on the call tonight right now, but uh, he's in Florida, and he got pulled over, and one cop that pulled him over called him a, a sovereign citizen, called in four, you know, three officers for backup, and he didn't want to talk to them, so they smashed his windows, uh, tased him twice, and beat the hell out of him. And then the fifth cop, he, he put his signature to it and said, oh, it's all justified. There's your thin blue line. They investigated themselves and, you know, investigator so-and-so justified his blue line buddy's actions in initiating violence assault on somebody. 
What has he done about that? And then, and then they considered themselves victims of assault because he forced them to assault him. It just happened. It just happened last week or two weeks ago. But that's, that's, that's the thin blue line. The four cops that attacked him and then the, the supervisor who says, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. We got this. We'll, we'll make up these charges. Great. So what he should do is go get their bond, get the, if it be the police, go and get the uh, chief of police bond, get the uh, city manager's bond, get the mayor's bond, and go and put claims in on all those bonds and then see what happens to these little peon cockroaches that are going around and doing all this. That's what he needs to do. Okay, Jeremy, um, I had spoken to you before, Jeremy, about getting the judge's bond, and uh-huh. I tried to find the judge's bond, and I actually spent a couple of days calling around all different kinds of offices, and it was I, I wasn't able to obtain it. Risk management. The State Department of Risk Management. California is self-insured because they can't afford to pay anybody. So they write bonds. They write their own bonds, just like Montana. The State Department of Risk Management. And did you actually ask the clerk's office itself, or did they say they don't have a bond? Um, I, I basically got mangled around, and I got mangled into all different kinds of uh, offices. I called uh, all different courthouses. I called, like, the head courthouse here in L.A. County. Um, I spoke to all so many different kinds of uh, directors, um, and uh, I, I wasn't able to get anything. Did you send a request to the judge or to any of the officers of his court? Uh, no, I don't. No, I did not. Yeah, and that's what you did, because then when you get that and they come back and they say, we don't have one, then when you find it, that in itself is evidence of them com- committing a conspiracy and fraud upon you. And so you don't even need to go and prove that they even harmed you on anything else, because that in itself is a violation for them. So... Um, you need to contact them directly and ask them, request that information. It's the Office of Risk and the Office of Risk and Insurance Management, the DGS for California. Part of the administration division provides risk management and insurance services to state agencies and other public entities. And that's where you go, and you'll find their their under there. Judges, cops, all of them. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, and then ask, saying, "I want to make a claim. Who do I contact? What what form do I fill out? Whatever. What do you require of me to make a claim?" Is what right. really kind of how the wording goes, and. Um, they should direct you on how to make a claim. They may give you a run around a little bit, but um, as far as 
you know, giving a lot of extraneous information. It should be on the website. It, it should be. It, but, yeah, it should be. <laughs> should have, could have, would have, might. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's how I found them in Montana, because I couldn't find it either here um, five years or six years ago when I was suing them. Um, I couldn't find anything, and then I found out that the Montana uh, Risk Management uh, Department was responsible for all of the bonds and how much each bond was and how many claims before uh, a bond is revoked. All that information is there. So if you're having a hard time finding bonds in a state for your officials, your ridiculous officials, or your unofficial officials, that may be a good place to start. Are, are you still are you doing Zoom uh, hearings still? Uh, yes, it's not through Zoom though; it's through a telephone call. But right now, everything's halted because uh, there is a um, a warrant for a failure to appear um, in a mental health court because I didn't answer correctly when they asked who I was. Oh, you still got that? Did you look up warrants? Did I look up? Uh, yeah, I look. I look. I I looked into that stuff. Um, I just don't. I don't really know what to do. Dave kind of told me to do a declaratory judgment. Well, you definitely want to do that. The uh, the the one thing I remember about your case and that in that mental health court was that you had to consent, agree to be heard there or to be seen there. And, you know, a notice, to, you know, of your non-consent to a health court, whatever, mental health court, mm-hmm. uh, was expressly denied. It's voluntary. Nobody can force you to go there. It says so right on their website. Yes. The attorney from the the main attorney was the one who said that I recommend I'm ordering her or the judge said that they're ordering me to go to that. I, I, well, because and, the guy also was claiming fraudulently to represent you. Correct. So he represented you by throwing you out under the bus. He's got a claim against him too, but... First and foremost, you got to deal with the issue and, and put in your declaratory judgment and be done with these people. Now you take your judgment and, and you go back and you say, hey, from get-go, you're acting without any authority over me. End of story. Here it is the judgment. The judgment says that you have no authority. End of case. End of everything. The, the declaratory judgment that I'm working on for my case and that will probably be the, uh, you know, the um, sample for the class that we're going to do, uh, that Daniel and I are going to do, is going to be the one that I'm work, you know, that we're working on for um, myself. And it literally destroys any any available option for them to claim an authority position over me or my stuff. And when they 
fail to prove that they have any authority over me and my stuff, my, my judgment stands. My declaration stands. I take that into any court. Anybody who tries to uh, impose their authority or some supposed authority over me and stop them, stop them immediately. Here's the evidence. Keep it in the car. Here's the judgment. You have no authority over me. The bye says your Supreme Court. That'll be nice to have that soon. Absolutely. Well, sooner rather than later, because I've got to put my stuff in by the 18th of this month. So, I'm working hard. Thank you. Anybody else? You're welcome, Jessica. Any other questions, comments, issues you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, hold on. I'm sorry, what was your name, the lady's name? My name is Jessica. Jessica, okay. Um, can I give you my email address and send me an email, and I'll try to drum up what I can. Um, it's, every time I sit down, it's just, I've got so much stuff into the finder stuff. And I go through different states and everything, and um, I, I just got so many going on. I, I just need time to sit down and focus and so I can get this information for you about the warrants and how you handle these warrants and stuff. And, okay, yeah. Um, that would be great. Okay. I, um, I can get your email. That would be great. All right. It's J as in Jeremy, the number five, C as in cat, the number nine, at protonmail.com. So it's J5C9 at protonmail.com. Cool. Thank you. I'll send you an email soon. Thank you, Jeremy. Yep. Awesome. I'll send you what I can. Thanks, Jeremy. There you go. My pleasure. He's in California. So. I'm sure you've done your homework there. <laughs> A little bit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. Any other comments, questions, legal issues you'd like to discuss, lawful issues, trust? doesn't matter. What would you like to discuss? COVID-19. Genetically modified humans. <laughs> Has anybody had any issues that they're dealing with uh, a layoff or a potential layoff for uh, resisting this vaccination? Well, my wife is concerned about it fortunately she's uh, she works for the ymca and uh she's concerned that you know cause they're they have so much government funding and everything like that but it hasn't uh cracked down on her yet and for especially agencies that, or organizations that have over 100 employees and that type of thing so that's what I, I wrote up i sent it to daniel i'll go ahead and i'll send you a copy of what i wrote up uh one of the major points is that uh the reason for i'm not looking for a religious exemption i don't need an exemption what you need to do is give me an accommodation and so i don't ask for permission i demand you give me a con uh, uh, accommodation 
But a part of the reason, the, the religious part of it is the fact that, um, and I haven't seen anybody doing this and, and touched on this, is I am made in God's image. And anything that's going to alter my DNA, RNA, chromosomes, or anything like, like that is changing God's image. And that's all it needs to be said, period. And then I throw a few other things in there, too, um, about uh, even being tested and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I did a rewrite on what he had and... Um, uh, just, I don't know, we'll see if, how effective it is. I haven't had to use it to contest with anybody. So, but, um, well, I'd but, like uh, to see it as well. And the changes are, are uh, you know, positive again. We, we, we create these docs, you know, out of necessity, you know, and, and uh, usually, you know, uh, necessity, necessity creates a, an urgency. So we put this thing together knowing full well that it will morph into a much better document as folks play with it and, and, and uh, you know, utilize it to their own situation. And, you know, we're hoping, you know, if there's changes that are made in the, in the substance, absolutely we'd like to, to, to see and, and, and uh, possibly, you know, change it in the original to reflect that, you know, because others may not think of, of what you're thinking of. So anytime somebody uses it and improves on it, we'd love to know for sure because, you know, those improvements uh, we, can, we can put into the master doc, you know, the original document, and, uh, give, you know, give the next ones a download it, uh, you know, a, a little bit increased ammo. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll send that to you tonight. Thank you. Yeah, any of these documents, so, you know, we hand out a lot of documents. Um, they, they are templates. They are, a, 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 you know, a foundation to run on, you know, to build on. And, uh, you know, first you learn what the document's all about and, you know, make it your own and then, and then improve upon it. Add your situation, you know. You've got, you know, you've got your story. Um, you know, the, there's nothing more than that is a dead giveaway that the documents aren't yours when you show up to court and you didn't really go through the document and make some changes, you know, make changes that are evident that it wasn't your writing. You didn't write it. It wasn't created by you. You know, it might have been something you pulled off the Internet or had some template for, but it doesn't, you know, the document as it reads makes no sense in your situation. Because you didn't put your story into it. You didn't make it your own. And uh, it's a dead giveaway for, for judges and lawyers to, you know, tear you up in court. So knowing what the documents say and, and having it be a part of you, uh, knowing it in and out, so that if the document gets lost, that... Uh, But, you know, we, we started going to uh, this other church out here in Chino Hills because they had a, uh, a homeschooling program with it. Uh, so there's a bunch of kids and stuff like that for our kids who were going out and doing. So going to some of their services, we just went today, and, um, which is really awesome. This is one of the few churches where the pastor is actually 
uh, you know, encouraging people to stand up and fight with the whole vaccine thing. But then he prays. What happened? What's that? I got bumped. I don't know what happened. You got bumped? Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. All right, so I go into this church out here and just started going to, and the pastor is praying or telling, you know, talking to people and encouraging them to, you know, stand up, contact your legislator. They're voting against the, you know, uh, Newsom Gruesome and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, which is okay if you're going to be a slave, you know, great, be a slave on that. But then, <laughs> uh, and, and they're fighting and trying to stand up for it and do what's right and put God first and everything. But then he goes in and prays that, they will, uh, that God will give them good leaders. And I'm like, no, isn't Jesus sufficient? Did, did you not read the story of Israel and the Jews when they came and said, we want a king, we want a king, give us a king? He's like, no, you, you don't want a king. I'm sufficient. If you have a king, he's going to tax you, he's going to take your children, he's going to take your daughters, your sons, and everything else, and he's going to abuse you, and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, yeah, but we want a king. And here, even really devote Christians who are really fed up and tired of this and just want to serve God, they still can't see plainly, plainly enough that they have two masters. It's like, yeah. what do you say to these people? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. And then, of course, when I do you say something... Serve. So when I do say something, I end up being the crazy one. That's all right. You're in good company. You're in good well, company. Well, my craziness is tending me to be more lazy, and that's what I hate the most because I find myself shying, thinking, oh, something needs to be said here. And then I start second-guessing myself, thinking, you know, if I offend them, I'm not going to be a church, uh, achieve any purpose anyway. How can I reevaluate that? And by the time I end up going through this whole psychological battle of whether to say something or not, the opportunity is gone. And then I'm kicking myself in the butt and thinking, um, just let the Holy Spirit lead you. And then, and then, you know, the devil's advocate comes back and says, yeah, every time you let the Holy Spirit lead you, you offend people and they kick you out of the church. And then I think, well, um, my name is Jeremy for a reason. <laughs> Read the book, Jeremiah. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, just, it's, yeah, that's my life. Part of the reason why I stopped going, you know, and, and to these organized places, I, I haven't been to a church in years and years, but I do go from time to time to a uh, Messianic synagogue you know, or a, uh, a shul, temple, whatever. And um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, you got a rabbi going, well, you know, we're going to, we got to stick to this one and we got to, you know, this topic or this uh, issue and, you know, we got to get out and vote and, you know, and stand against this. You don't stand against it by participating. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. You don't get rid of the Ku Klux Klan or, or ISIS by joining them. Uh, 
don't know how they, uh, you know, they can do that themselves. I don't know how you can look in the, in the mirror and say, you know, I'll follow God's laws and God's laws alone and then go, well, I've got to follow, you know, Joe Schmo's law and his, what his napkin says and, you know, and, and this one and that one. And, you know, this guy says he's a lawmaker and that one says he's a judge. So I, I should really follow their rules because, you know, they say they're, they're my judge or they, they're my lawgiver. James 4.12, there's only one lawgiver and one judge. Anyone sitting in is, uh, is a usurper of God's, you know, role. There's one lawmaker, there's one judge. Who are you to judge your neighbor? Anybody sitting up there that's not God is either is the neighbor. They're frauds. They're liars. They're claiming to be God. That's exactly what they're doing. It's artificial. And that comes back to what we were talking about earlier. Made or produced by human beings rather than occurring naturally. Their authority is produced by human beings. They said so. It's all by fiat, by decree. Because we said so. It's money. But there's no value. doesn't matter. We said it is. We said, we said so. It's fiat. It's fraud. It's an image <clears throat> that takes the place of God. It's a golden calf. Statues. Statues. Not statutes. Statues. Every one of them is a statue. Something that raises itself above God. And that's what all these people are doing. And you could choose <laughs> this day who you'll serve. God or man. You want to go and follow the, the, the toilet paper scribbles of politicians, be my guest. Don't cry when they, you know, wipe their butt with you. That's, you don't have to do it. It's a choice. It's, it's either a choice or it's slavery, and then there, there's your illegitimacy right there. It's either your free will choice or you're being forced, coerced, threatened. I saw, I was reading one of the Florida laws today, and it said that uh, failure to sign a summons is a misdemeanor punishable by, you know, going to jail. Whatever. Okay? Failing to sign a contract is punishable by going to jail. Well, how, you know, how doesn't that fly in the face of a valid contract? A valid contract is not forced, coerced, uh, or under threat of force and coercion. It, it, it voids the contract. Just signing it under the threat of a rule saying that you have to sign it or you're going to be put in a cage is threat of force. It's coercion. It's no different than them putting a gun to your head and going, sign this document that says that we own you. There's no difference at all. 
It's coercion. It's fraud. It's, it's usurpation of authority that they don't actually have. It's artifice. The scheme. I can't say it enough. I really can't. If, 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 <laughs> if you can't see the fraud in it, if, if you know that you're, you know, you're involved in a fraud, why, and that you don't have to participate, why would you want to continue? I don't know about you, but I don't like asking permission to, you know, uh, for, for anything, really. You know, I'm not 12 years old. I'm a grown man. Who am I? Have, who do I have to ask permission for? You know, especially when it pertains to me or my stuff. Now, I can ask for permission if it belongs to you and it's your stuff. I would definitely have to ask permission because I don't own the thing. Owner has the highest authority. If somebody can come along and say you can't do this with that talking about your property, you don't own it. It's not yours. They obviously have some sort of a claim against it because that's what they're saying right there. You can't do this with your property. So they have to have some ownership claim on your property to be able to tell you what you can and can't do with it. That's higher than your authority. You must not be the owner. And that's just simple logic. If somebody's telling you what you can or can't do, they believe they have a higher claim on you or your stuff than you do. And I would bet that the claim is a trust claim, that they are holding legal title to something. The re in rama, that's a thing entrusted to them the only way they can assume that authority. And the fact that you don't know that they have the legal title and that it's in a trust right there <laughs> means that you obviously were not uh, uh, the recipient of full disclosure of whatever contract you signed. If the contract said you're giving up your ownership rights over to the state, would you still sign and register all your stuff? <coughs> That's what it comes down to. If you got full disclosure, would you still volunteer to participate? I know I wouldn't. Well, we got a lot of people on here and nobody's talking. <laughs> Well, fewer talking. Does anybody have any questions, comments? We got a little bit of time left. Anybody? Not. We can wrap it up for the night. I still have work to do. We got documents to finish, and I'm sure Daniel. Uh, doesn't want to work until midnight. Whoa. I will stay on for the full next hour if we have things to talk about. If anybody has a question or comment or legal 
issue that they're dealing with and would like to discuss it or a legal topic. I'm just grilling zucchini. You out grilling zucchini? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I really had a second, took a second look at my phone. I thought you said girl in bikini. Oh, that sounds even better. <laughs> I'm glad my wife didn't hear it that way. <laughs> hey, guys, I have a question. I have an issue. My name is Sam, and I'm in Florida. And I recently experienced a fraudulent foreclosure sale while I was in probate. And um, so I experienced slander of title and conversion of my property. And the judiciary are um, in cahoots, in a sense, with the uh, attorneys. So that's why I'm here tonight. How so? How so? Do you have... Yeah, how how are they in cahoots? Do you have evidence of them... uh, as partners, or or how, how do you tie okay. them together? Okay, very good question. So what happened in 2017, I got dragged into court, in probate court, and um, and this a probate lawyer was trying to slander the title of a, of a property that I'm a grantee on. And the um, my parents were the other grantees, and, and they're deceased. So naturally, it should flow to the heirs who are the other grantees, according to the deed. So this guy slanders the title, and uh, I tried to first he tries to do it in in the, in the state court, and I countersued him, and then he ran away and got a lawyer and went into the probate court. Now that lawyer, I've got pictures of him in um, with the judge posing and they posted on their website six months before I I saw them in, in court. Now I suspect that the personal representative grabbed this guy because he's close to the judge and in fact that judge is on other committees with one of the partners of this law firm. And for the record, the law firm is Johnson Pope, Rupert and I don't know, do we cheat them in how, so to speak? <laughs> so I tried to recuse the judge, and she refused. And then I found these pictures. So that's how I connected that team with that judge. And what she did in the hearing, one hearing, 10 minutes, she offered me half of the, the condo and how long I needed to vacate. Well, I didn't answer her, and uh, she... Yeah, that's what she expected, but she's not reading the deed. I got a question. The the person or the law firm that is suing you in probate court, are they a creditor of the estate of your parents? A representing creditor of the estate of your parents? No. Okay. The the guy that... The guy that sued me is the personal representative for my father's estate. Now, okay, my father, my father is uh, say, and I didn't hear that. 
is this person the executor of your father's estate, and was there a will? No. This is a lawyer who's um, the per, uh, auxiliary personal representative, and apparently he represents um, my father's companion who got a will up in, in Canada. So apparently my father signed a new will and, uh, a year before he died or eight months before he died. I suspect that was suspicious. But aside, but aside from that, is the will doesn't address any property in the U.S. So that kind of triggered an it, issue. Canadian just, will? What, what, does, what does that will just say? Says, I give everything to my wife which um, I think she was his companion, but um, up there, you know, if you're living with somebody for six months, you're common-law wife. You become common-law people. So anyway, um, but I suspect either my father might have suffered some kind of illness or he was right on the money because he didn't include it in the will, in, in the will that he gave the lady, because the estate created by the special warranty deed, it's between his, my father and his, and my mother and their children, and nobody else. That's where the slander of title comes in. Okay. So, and I've been fighting these guys for four years. And they can, uh, most recently in uh, October last year, the Condominium Association uh, sued the estate, which is not an entity, or actually they sued my parents, and then they hired some corrupt lawyer to ask, ask as an ad litem attorney, and that fool only, oh, actually he was supposed to represent the heirs, of my parents. But what he did in the foreclosure court was only represent the heirs of my mother. <laughs> so this guy's a freak because they don't understand justice or the law or contracts. And the judges are really incompetent. And I, I found, I've been up in front of three female judges and they're the biggest abusers of power I've ever seen, and the lawyers, like in my bankruptcy, they dropped a bomb on this judge by saying that she, um, uh, by, by dumping a bunch of probate files into the uh, bankruptcy. Now, I, I have to let you know, yeah, it's still going. I have hearings for, for um, violations of the automatic stay. But the judge is now uh, already disabled because of those crooked lawyers. And she's saying, well, you have no interest in the property. The, the court, the probate court says you don't. I said, well, that's a void judgment. It's void on its face. And I gave them, uh, the reason was because it violates the constitution, constitutional rights of the deceased who entered into that contract. And one of them is a mother, which is protected under the, the woman's, um, the Married Woman's Act. And they don't get it. Well, again, 
if did your, you said your father had a will here in the U.S., and then supposedly there was this other will in Canada. What did the will right. that was in the U.S., what did that will say? Okay, actually, both of those wills were done up in Canada. Now, um, uh, I, I don't know, I don't remember telling you, but so the will, they're both made in Canada, but the, the most recent one didn't address the U.S. property. The earlier one did. Now, this is the, this is the clencher. The lawyer, the, uh, the probate attorney, personal representative, he must have known about that will because he used the names of those people in the will, which is me and my, my siblings. He used those names to identify potential heirs, but he didn't include the will. He hid it. So last year I found the will. <laughs> now I'm going to turn his left upside down. <laughs> but I need help. <laughs> well, um, have you been to the website, my website? I, I just... Uh, are we being broadcasted on uh, the F somewhere? <laughs> no, that was... Uh, I guess that was some phone and they got disconnected. I don't know. Um, oh, I see. But sounded if like go, a... if you go to yeah, if you go to bulletproofsolutions.org, uh huh, that's my website. At the bottom of the website on every page, there's a calendar for uh, um, you know free consultation. Go on there and set up an appointment, and we can you know it, it's hard to say because I'd have to look at the wills and you know there's a lot that we need to look at as far as, uh, you know, figuring out causes of action that you have. Um, oh, I got You know, I don't really want to waste your time. I, I've got over 25 causes of action, and the fact is the will's got nothing to do with the property. The, property, the, the warranty deed is, is an estate already created in 2003. These guys have nothing to do with it. But uh, because so of how are they Say again. What by what right or interest are they attaching to it? Well, they they excluded in the granting clause. For example, it says uh, my parents' names, and then it goes on to say wherever wherever the term grant their grantees. And wherever the term grantee is used, it means their heirs, legal representatives, or assignment to corporations. So it doesn't say anywhere where they can divest it, because it's also registered as husband and wife, which makes it um, a, a right of survivorship. And naturally, that bothers the probate people because they can't uh, turn over somebody's estate. So this guy wanted to connive me to think that my dad solely owned it, which he doesn't, and he wasn't totally on, the only person on the deed. So they're pulling this wool over my eyes for four years, and I've been fighting them. But if I fi they finally converted it in a foreclosure sale, but the condominium association, it, see, we bought it from the developer when it was converted into a condominium, and... And our deal with them is the special warranty deed. So 
they they're obliged to uh, honor that contract. So that's another that's a breach of contract right there, which is another cause of action. Actually, I'm I'm working on some paperwork now for um, what title and conversion. What are you? What what type of action are you taking? In this, you mean like in the circuit what kind court? Of law, lawsuit? Yeah, <laughs> you've got to sue yeah. these people. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to the circuit court. I'm filing my paperwork, and I'm trying to get in front of a judge. And I've already done. Actually, okay. I've already done that. I've, I've done that in the, with the same guys. I included the the um, the condo, their lawyers. Um, the new purchasers, the lawyers, the lawyers got off for uh, litigation immunity, but I think I can keep their firms still in the fight, so I can hold them responsible. Well, I, uh, are you familiar with the uh, declaratory judgment action? Um, actually, I was just looking at that on my um, Florida litigator, so I, I want to get. One of the causes of action would be a declaratory judgment, and I'm trying to figure out how to write it. Um, so, but well, I got to tell that's you, that's not a cause of action. Actual action. That's not a cause oh. of action. It's an action. It's lawsuit. Oh, I see. So at the bottom, of, so after I do my causes of action, after I do my causes of action, I request a, a declaratory judgment. Is that correct? No. The, uh, the declaratory judgment action is an actual type of lawsuit. It's non-adversarial. It's designed to have your, you know, have rights of the parties, status, capacity, and legal relations declared. Oh, very who good. I didn't know. I... Has, you know, who has the highest interest? It's very much like a quiet title action. Yeah, that's exactly what I need, bro. <laughs> so how do I write that up? Well, Call you tomorrow? that's why I said set, set up an appointment. And that's what we do. Uh, you charge your service? Dad. Oh, of course. <laughs> Give me a free, uh, you know, call me up. We'll ex I'll explain it to you. I have actually, uh, Daniel, my uh, business partner's on the line. Um, you know, right now we're turning down work because we're so swamp busy. But I'm happy mm -hmm. to explain to you how to do a declaratory judgment action and give you a couple mm -hmm. of examples of a declaratory judgment action, and then you can make That's, it your own. You're the best. I appreciate that. So what do I go on? Bullet, uh, you said bulletproof solutions.org. At the bottom of the page, go into the calendar. There's two calendars. One is for paid consultation, and the other is for uh -huh. a free initial consultation. Set up a call right. for initial consultation. Uh, there's no charge for it there, and we can discuss your issue. And I'm happy to send you a, uh, a couple of examples of declaratory judgment options that you could, uh, you know, oh, that'd be use as a text in your own action. But I can tell you something. I think this is a big ticket because I've been fighting. They made me homeless for four years, okay? And I've been struggling in soup kitchens trying to fight them. So I finally got the laws governing the deed 
and governing the will even. So I, I think I, I have to include the state in, a, in the new, new cause of action because no response for it. When they did a writ of possession on me in 2017, it was in the name of the state to put this clown in possession of my home. And, um, I, you know, so it's a big cause. And, um, if you, you know, we'll talk about it when, you know, if, you, if you're interested. Um, you, know, I, you know, I don't know. I, it's hard to get a lawyer to want to do the work because actually they want a lot of money. Well, you don't so I don't know. Are you, lawyers aren't going to do a declaratory judgment action because they're short, they're sweet, they're to the point, they're non-adversarial, uh, so there is no arguing. And it, it's declared once and for all who's, who's got what rights to what property and, uh, you know, uh, what the legal relationships between potential parties to a lawsuit. So in your case, you've got two wills, you've got evidences of, um, you know, foul play and breaches of contracts and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, a um, muddying of the waters as to the will. Uh-huh. You know, yes, sir. so there's a lot there that you use as evidence, and you can ask all the questions that you want, like an affidavit, that if they're not responded to you, your, your rights are declared in the way that you decreed them. Your claim, you know, I'm saying that I am an heir and that my siblings are heirs to this property. My mom is an heir to this property. I can see the grand <laughs> Here's all the evidence. Actually, we're, Where we're, we're all grantees. What's that? We're all grantees. Like the children right. are heirs to the parents, right? So, the, uh, but the so it's uh, right of survivor and and oh, yeah, you got it now. So I that that sounds a very powerful uh, document. I got to do it right. Well, and, and so the, that's. The, uh, when you said it's not an adversary uh, proceeding, does that mean I can't win money for my losses or ask for damages? No, it's not adversarial. In other words, it's done at the sidebar or in chambers. It's not done in open court, in the public forum. It's handled privately between the parties. Oh. There, it's it's so non-adversarial. It's not, a fight. it's not a fighting lawsuit. It's you're having your rights declared as to yes, but have these contracts, will, where do you file property? Where do you file such a document? What? You know, where would, well, you know, for the benefit of the listeners. It can be done in the state courts under the Uniform uh, Declaratory Judgment Act, or it can be done federal court. In your case, it's probably uh, better in the federal court because you're dealing with out of the country in a foreign uh, con- a couple foreign contracts. Right. Even, uh, even though the university jurisdiction is why you would want to go federal school. And the amount right. is in, in excess of 50000 or whatever the thing is. Right, but, they, but um, what I would say is... Um, doesn't the probate court have even, actually they lack jurisdiction over the property? So I agree with what you're saying. The probate court had 
supposed jurisdiction over the estate of the deceased. Correct. Not the property, really. Okay. Well, not the property and not the estate. They only have the authority to probate, look at evidence of the estate. Was there a will? Was there a trust? Was there a, any contracts? Are there any contracts that need to be settled prior to uh, the rest of the estate being uh, dispensed of? <coughs> you know, so if there was a will, then the will would express, you know, the will of the decedent. So the probate, all the court's doing is listening to the executor and the hearing of the contract, the, the testimony, or the will of the decedent. And if right. the, the will of the decedent is what is fulfilled. So, if you know, if, they, if prior to them dying, they wanted all their estate to go to their family members, and uh, that was expressed in the will that it would be separated this way, evenly between the children, then it would be ordered that that would be what was to happen. The executor of the will would... would liquidate all assets, and split the proceeds between the three beneficiaries of three years. If right. it's in trust, Actually, it could go... Well, this is what I'm telling you, just to save you some, uh, some breath, my friend. You know, I want to tell you that that's the fraud of the probate courts. They had no jurisdiction over the property. When the decedent became deceased, the only thing that was in his name was his automobile and his bank account. The property was already an estate created way before that fucking will. Pardon my language. And so, who and was that, on the deed of the property? My two parents and their heirs, meaning their descendants. That's the that's the granting clause. The granting clause says so there's a, the name in the, the husband and wife and their heirs. It doesn't say. There's no room for divestees. So the, what, the, what they're trying to say is the decedent, my father, had willed away everything to his lover. So, but the thing is, okay, he willed a, a $5,000 car and his bank account if the will is valid. Right. The, the, the real estate, a $600,000 asset, belongs to a whole bunch of other people that don't know this woman and don't know this friggin' lawyer, redneck from fucking Dunedin. And I can assure you, I'm going to put a lien on his fucking house. And I'm already suing him, and I'm going to sue him again. So well, again, I don't. A declaratory, when I tell you, can do a declaratory judgment can do two different things. You can get injunctive relief, which means that um, you know, an injunction, the you know, they are barred from taking uh, possession of the property. Now, because they acquired the property under fraudulent terms, the property would go back to the previous owner of you, okay? There's your injunctive relief, right? your declaratory relief that the uh, original, you know, that the will, that second will was created in fraud and did not attach to the house or it only attached to the bank account and the car. And right. that was all they were entitled to, not the house. So they could reverse any sales or transfers of the deed after, you know, after this whole fiasco started. 
Okay. Then, now, on the then other hand, clarity can be used for damages. For what? Damages. Oh, I thought you so said... there you can... But you said in, the, in, in where? A declaratory relief? Yes, and, and you can get a judgment for damages in a declaratory action, okay? We cannot do both at the same time. Oh, you, so you do can get separate. a declaratory, the whole place, you know, to get everything uh, restored to its original owners prior to this happening, okay? And then you can go and sue in another action for damages, the lawyer... Uh, who 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 uh, committed the fraud on the court, or you know uh, the principal that he represented, you know? Then he can right, go after but, but for damages, four years of go, being homeless. I understand. You know now, but they try to say, of what? my friend, they're trying to say that the lawyer is not responsible because it's covered under litigation privilege, and they use. Uh, Law from late investments, I forget against who, but so that's why the judge let him off in my damages case. But the firm is responsible. But my question, and I wonder if you have an idea, everybody keeps telling me go back to the probate court where they lack jurisdiction and entered that void judgment to get relief from that judgment and sue in that court. But I think that I don't I shouldn't have to go into back into the probate court. Also you can add those questions uh, because they are ripe for declaratory judgment as to whether or not the probate court had jurisdiction in the first place. That's mm -hmm. a question I, that you can put in your act and have I mean again, you could add a hundred questions, you know, right. into the action. Yes, and uh, you know, and they have to respond, or they lose the action, and you get your judgment. Okay, now it's when all, you say uh, they, it's a paper act, whoever the respondents say, are, whether it be the girlfriend who the property. Well, actually, they say that she's not part of any action because they, she signed off to the lawyer. And the lawyer here in Florida decided to slander title probably because he found out the only friggin' thing is uh, at the time was eight or nine thousand dollar car and the small bank account. <laughs> and he, and, and what, after the foreclosure sale, he dumped the car and all my belongings with these fucking people that purchased it. Actually, he was in bed with them before, but that's another story. Now, I, 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 there was another question that you um, made me think of, and I lost track but oh yeah so what i want to say you said go after the girlfriend she's not a party uh the lawyers are so but they're pleading litigation immunity so i have to sue their firms but in that action no, no, no. You're, speaking... you're, not, you're not getting what i'm saying she hired the lawyer right she hired the lawyer but she's not even in the country <laughs> right in the property right well, she signed the conveyance to the guy. Uh, 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 she gave her, the she, property? No. Um, his, she gave up her rights to the will 
because that's the way they do it. I forget what it's called. Um, some kind of release. So that so he's going around. It's my condo, right? For the last four years, <laughs> you know. Um, um, so so I don't know if he paid her off or he got her to. Uh, most lawyers, I think at least a couple that I talked to, they wanted me to sign something that gives them rights to half the condo or the whole condo. And I'm going. What are you nuts? The lawyer is now living in the condo. No. He, um, he, he, in his, in his uh, declarations in my bankruptcy court, uh, he claimed that he is the owner. And, um, and then he also, um, his friends, we, uh, they loaned them 14 grand to pay the maintenance fees, which I was waiting to go into bankruptcy like last year or the year before, but um, somehow because of my lien on the place, and they couldn't do the sale. So, <laughs> so, but I found the will after that. So now I found out wh- where he was lying. I knew he was lying because he used names of five kids. My old man, had, my mother had seven children. So this guy used five of those names in the probate court, and I, I couldn't understand why he didn't put seven kids, right? So I finally got the will and realized those are the same friggin' names that that prick used in probate court, but and then showed a will that only gives it to some girl who uh, the old man hardly ever knew. I think six or seven years, which is fine. She got a home up there and a pile of money anyway. But the fact is, they intruded on my seclusion in my home that I'm already a grantee on. <laughs> right. You know. Well, so like it's I just, said, I mean. All right, reach out to me. Um, you know, we'll, we'll set up a time to talk, and we can go into it in more detail for sure. I, I could see where you have a, a, a couple of cases here, and um, yeah. I'm just thinking that declaratory actions are way better because you don't have to go back in and fight back and forth with the lawyers. You you could right. ask the hard questions, demand an answer, and evidence. Right. And, and, but if I lose, I'm, you know, I better not lose because, I, 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 you know, I'm very much aware of my well, uh, language action. of my deed. Yeah, a declaratory action uh, is... I love it. It's a good idea. I love... Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. It was on my mind, but I'm glad I found the right man that can take a minute and explain it to me. I, um, I, I can't wait to give you a call tomorrow or email you and... Um, and hopefully you can help me, and maybe I could donate to your fund, or maybe I can hire you after I win the first round. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. At least I can. At least I know I can give you a couple of examples of of declaratory actions, and you can customize them to your situation. Where you know I'm happy to look them over. Uh, you know. Um, you know, I appreciate and, and give you some points. Well, we, you know, again, we'll talk more about that when when we have an appointment. I, I, you know, thank you, and I want to say God bless you, brother, because um, my inheritance is not in this earth, but this property belongs to me. <laughs> I really well, appreciate it. It actually, actually belongs to God, and you're just, you know, one of the stewards that is supposed to be in care of it. You know, I mean, you have that claim. 
So yeah, I you have and your sibling. So. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Sam. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank that you was so good much. stuff. I mean, again, getting into trust law, uh, you know, probate. You got to remember that the courts uh, of the government and the they're either probate court, they're probating your dead entity, your legal fiction, or it's bankruptcy court. And it has something to do with this bankrupt currency, uh, the, 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 uh, the books, okay? There, there's something to do with the books. Bankruptcy is a discharge or zero out. The issue is, is that the government is bankrupt and has been, and you could discharge under or offset under that bankruptcy, you don't have to personally go bankrupt. On that note, we got a few minutes left. If anybody else would like to talk or has a question or a comment, we got about 20 minutes, and I'm happy to stick around for the whole time. Anyone? No issues? Did I, did I chase them all away? <laughs> no, you actually had a, yeah, you had a good topic. I mean, you know, this happens quite often, um, you know, when, where states are, uh, you know, in question. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's uh, there's an old saying that, uh, you know, you may not know... You know, family that you don't even know will show up to your funeral to see what they can get. Okay? Oh, my. And uh, <laughs> it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Uh, when my grandfather died, he had a, a, another wife that had a, a child. Um, you know, not too many people in the family knew about it, but this woman uh, showed up at the funeral. You know, and he lived separate lives. Uh, talk about an interesting situation, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, that's what, just, it, that, it just happened. What, she showed up, uh, she had a baby with Oh, yeah, with my grandfather. He had literally, it was like he had a whole separate, you know, uh, little family that nobody knew about. Well, nobody knew at about least they are Beth, did she come with her hands out? Maybe she deserved something. <laughs> you know, well, that's well, I'm, sure. Yeah, again, you know, uh, ignorance on both sides. You know, I'm sure she had no idea of uh, the rest of his family. But, yeah. um, but, you know, I come from a culture where if you start breeding with a woman, you kind of are indebted to the children and the woman. So. <laughs> And, well, it still is responsibility, sure, and they're entitled just as much as you are. But yeah, sounds like you know they got their share and they're trying to come after yours. So, oh no, the other woman, bro, oh. she, she doesn't have any children. I'm telling you, the woman, my father met her. He was 75 years old. He didn't. He he hasn't known her for seven years. But in spite of being generous to her, like you said. Um, she, she, they're looking for more, and she doesn't have any children with them. So it's kind of um, I've been running a dragnet for four years, man, living in 
the way I did because of the corrupt lawyers in, in Pinellas County. Seriously. Oh, I live any, there. I know the area well. I know the area very well. I lived right there in Largo, Clearwater, Largo. I know the area. Pinellas is very corrupt. Oh, you know, I didn't. I couldn't believe it. Um, intentionally um, misinterpret the granting clauses of a of a deed just to uh, shake somebody out of their position is just something else. Anyway, that's my deal. I'll, I'll talk to you that's about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's why the declaratory action is such a great fit for what you need to do. So tell me, how many children did your grandfather have? <laughs> if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> he had four, um, you know, uh, four kids that, that uh, we knew of, and one that we didn't. That uh, so, my mom. And my aunt and my uncle were all brother and sister, same mom, same dad. Um, he was married prior and had a son, so they had a half-brother. And then another half-brother that they had no idea about. So, Yeah, one of my best friends recently, she had uh, passed away. She was only 57. And um, she's um, she lost contact with her father at a young age. Her mother remarried to a, a wealthy, really a millionaire, uh, back in the day, and um, and they broke up. And he left this girl a living trust. But uh, part of the deal was, ironically, her 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 real father moved on and, and started a life with another woman and had another child. So she had that younger half-sister that uh, this stepdad, with his money, kind of kept the girl away from her real family because a half-brother or half-sister is a half-brother or half-sister. It's not even a step-brother. It's a half. But I noticed right. from my experience, blood, blood is thinner. They say blood is thicker than water. I tell you, blood is thinner than water sometimes. <laughs> Well, you know what it you know what it is is when the treasures come out, everybody from the family and, and you know distant relatives that you may or may not even heard of all put their head in the ring for a claim. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's savage yeah. time, and right. well, uh, it's a shame. Mm-hmm. This is why I've been in trusts for all these years because. You don't want to have to go through all this hassle yeah. <clears throat> transferring your estate to your beneficiaries, to your heirs, to whoever you want them to go to. Mm-hmm. It's better to be expressed and, and, and solid than to have any question as to what's going on with your estate when you're gone. Right. <laughs> and that's just part of the benefits of of. of you know, living in trust is is a uh, very uh, consistent and and uh, full description of who gets what, when, how, where, and how, you know, why, all the way down the line, and it can go for generation after generation without having too many hiccups because it's all spelled up. Mm-hmm. You know, when when people die, testate. 
or without a will, then the state comes in and they have a state administrator uh, that will happily become the executor of that uh, estate. And, um, yeah, they do a half, you know, a half-baked search for, for heirs and beneficiaries, and whatever isn't claimed by them is retained by the state. Go figure. Yeah. So I, I wanted to and clarify something. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to say that I, I, I've been very lucky because my brothers and sisters said to me, Sam, it's all yours. You fight them. So this cross I've been bearing, you know, it's, I, I call it for them too, but they don't want any peace. So I don't have a dispute with my other grantees. Well, my I, dispute is yes, something for I would suggest that you get a quick claim deed from each of them. That they well, they quick claim any interest to you, all of them. But the the the, the, the property's already been sold in foreclosure. Nah, it doesn't make a difference. You still have the they still have a legitimate interest in the property, and if they don't mm -hmm. want that interest, they can turn the interest over to you. Right, but if I'm having a hard time getting them to sign something, they gave me oral. It should, you know, and well, they're out again, of state. Well, well if they're not it, willing, yeah, it's something that you might want to consider, and, and, you know, it's just something that would be easier than you doing all this work, and then all of a sudden, you know, two or three siblings jump up and go, ah, we never thought you'd get it back. Now we want something. Because uh, let me tell you, I've, been, I've had more useful members than I ever had with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe you. Uh, you know, I'll be straight with you. It's not even about uh, the money or the pro property. Like, if they want a piece of it, I have no issues with that. My problem is that the slander of title and the lawyer who abused the system prosecuted me in two courts to take my home that's what caught, that's what's bothering me I don't mind if my brother oh, sure. or my sister. and actually wrong. I would give him what's that yeah you were wrong right you and your gunpoint so yeah eight, pretty much eight sheriff deputy with guns gave me 20 minutes to get out and then now they're saying oh I abandoned him yeah. So, in the declaration, you know, since we're talking, you know, if you don't mind me asking this question to get it out of the way, if, if when I do the declaratory judgment, um, can I include the state of Florida? Sure can. Because they're the slanderers of the title. They're the ones that issued in the name of the state. Clear up this guy's house. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. and you can you can make them a defendant or a respondent in the action if they played a part in the, in the theft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love you, man. You you got the you got it right on point. <laughs> so I'll send you an email. How much more time are you on air? Let's pick another topic. I've been eating this for four years. <laughs> Well, we got about 10 minutes left, so if you have another topic or another question, I'm happy to answer it, and then we'll wrap it up. As long as nobody else has another question. Anybody yeah, out there would like to discuss? 
yeah, if anybody else out there that would like to discuss a topic, please feel free to do so. Otherwise, hey, how's it going, James? Oh, not bad. How about yourself? Good. What's happening? Good. Hey, um, I'm going to be going to uh, my uh, brother-in-law and my sister are in a hospital, supposedly with COVID. Um, now, I, I don't know if they're going to – she just went in today, and uh, I'm going to the hospital tomorrow to see her. How do I um, – I want to go see her. I mean, I don't want to be wearing no mask. I don't know if they're going to try to keep me from seeing her and saying she's contagious. What, um, what, re- what recourses or what can I do? Well, on Daniel's website, myhouseshallbecalled.com, or is it my house? Yeah, myhouseshallbecalled.com. And you go to the offering section, and then it'll, I think it's videos and paperwork. And I believe it's three Thursdays ago we did the... uh, the notices for the health department and the religious uh, accommodation or the religious uh, exemption notice. And yeah, I see. It's I right have there. The, okay, re- the religious exemption notice in demand COVID. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's. I I gotta. All right, I'll have to print that. Um, out. Yes, that's done. You can serve them notice, and, you know, again, I don't know whether or not uh, you'll still get it, you know, whether or not they'll let you in to see her without a mask. Um, You know, that's to be seen. Um, But the tool is, you know, on the website there Mm -hmm. for downloaders. That's at uh, myhousesshallbecalled.com. Anyone can go Mm -hmm. there and get the documents that we're talking about, including a declaratory judgment action uh, concerning this COVID. So, uh, Sam, as an example of a declaratory judgment action, you can get that one for download uh, right now if you want, uh, and that'll give you a sample of of a declaratory action. But that goes along with the notices that uh, are provided there as well. There are a few other documents there, a declaration, uh, which can also be used as notice. But again, um, yeah, I mean, you could serve them notice. You can, you definitely have grounds. Uh, you know, if you're if you're trying to be, if they're trying to force you to wear a mask, um, you know, pursuit does not mean that you're going to get to go in and see your sister without a mask. They may, you know. They may get uh, up in arms and, and call security. Who knows? But uh, you do have that right to serve them notice and try and enforce your rights, uh, you know, to see your sister. Okay, so they can actually force Not you to force you to wear a mask? No, they can't force anybody to wear a mask. They can 
they can require a mask and, and refuse you entrance into the building based upon their in-house. You're saying when you serve them that notice, when you serve them that notice, you're saying you are discriminating against me, mm-hmm. and that's grounds for us to, you know, for me to sue you. Okay, does not mean mm-hmm. they're going to open the door and say, "Oh, you can come mm-hmm. in." Although they may just take notice and say, "Okay, we'll make an accommodation for you." Can I jump in, David? Please do. I just want to make it clear that there are audios there on the offerings page under call recordings, and the subject matter of that particular call was habeas corpus declaratory judgment and travel, and the documents are available for download right directly underneath uh, that particular call on the webpage. I also want to say that the... Um, the religious exemption certificate or notice does not include the mask in the subject body, but you can add it. It's a Word document, so you could add it. You might want to recognize that OSHA's own definition of mask wearing prohibits the continual use of a mask for safety reasons and your body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. There are numerous other scriptures that you can define for your conscience to, as far as the indenture is concerned, but that particular document does not specify mask. It does the PCR and the jab of death, but it does not mention the diaper on the face. I just wanted to make that very clear. Okay. All right. Thank you, Daniel. And you can add it. Like like I said earlier, these documents are foundation docs. You build on that foundation, and if you build a beautiful house on that foundation, please share it back with us, and maybe we'll alter the uh, the template to include your changes. Okay. All right. All right, well, thank you. Absolutely, James. All right. Anybody else have any questions? We got a couple minutes before we wrap it up. Hello. Daniel, you have any other? Uh... Yeah, Mike, how's it going? Hey, pretty good. Sorry, uh, I was. Uh... Can you hear me? Yeah, hear you fine. You there? Mike, can you hear me? Hello, can anybody hear me? I hear you. Loud and clear. I hear you loud. All right, Mike, are you there? You disappeared. Did you mute your phone? Hey, can you hear me now? Hey, there you go. Yeah. It was, it was, I hit a button on accident and uh, sorry I got on the call late. I was used to the Wednesday call being at nine and, uh, I apparently was late today. Um, I, yeah, my only question I had, I was looking at this uh, this uh, on my computer about the declaratory statement, and I saw down at the bottom the last sentence on uh, Section 3 says, uh, agency disposition of petitions 
shall be final agency action. Uh, and I just wondered if uh, if that's uh, you know if it would be better to do the declaratory judgment rather than a statement only because of that uh, what that last sentence says. Well, here's the beautiful thing, and that, and again, Sam, you might want to listen to this too. Mike's in Florida. They do have a um, they do have a rule that you can add a declaratory statement in you know any action that you're doing you know or any action that you're involved in down there um, so in Mike in your case you can have a declaratory statement as, as part of your defense in your action okay and it's a great okay. tool but that declaratory statement isn't an action in itself okay it's not a lawsuit okay. against whoever you bring your suit against. It is a declaratory statement, okay? It's like making a declaration and then having them, uh, just like the declaratory action, have to respond in kind to everything that's in that statement. And if they don't, then, you know, it, it becomes uh, a fact. Daniel, okay. do you get the same, uh, do, you, uh, do you agree with that, Daniel? Daniel, you there? I know there's going to be a near and away from the phone. Anyway, um, that declaratory statement um, hey, is, is... I'm right here. Okay. Did you agree with what I said? Can you repeat it, please? I did walk away from the phone for 30 seconds. No problem. Meek was talking about a declaratory statement there in Florida. Remember we discussed this the other day? And I was saying yes. that that is a great tool in that in the action that's brought against him, he can add a declaratory statement in his defense that has to be responded to. That goes to his rights and his you know, status and his legal relate, you know, relations. But it isn't a declaratory action. But it is a it is a uh, basically a demand for uh, a declaration of, of right status capacity or legal relation um, that can be added to your defense of an action. It isn't an action within itself. Am I correct in saying that? Based on what yeah, we had the other day. Yeah, that's um, basically my um, research on declaratory statements are different than declaratory judgments in that they are directed towards agency heads for um, specific statements uh, that an agency head would respond to, very similar to the ancient respondeat superior um, construct that you might find in the uh, common law of England, that uh, if you look up the words respondeat, R-O-S-P-O-N-D-E-A-T, superior, which is the same thing that we spell it the same way in English, in presently current English, as the superior, that's uh, let the superior, superior respond. So you go right to the head of the agency for a, dec a dec declaratory statement, a declaration that the agency head would be privy to. So it does create, uh, in certain jurisdictions that acknowledge it, the statutory responsibility, because you know these 
statutory officers can't move left or right, up or down, in or out, without a statute that uh, defines their action. Otherwise, they're ultra-virus to their charter and acting outside of the scope of their statutory authority. So they need um, a construct by which, or a train track by which to um, ride their train on. And the, stats, the uh, declaratory statement gives the public servant agent, uh, the head of the agency, a responsibility to answer a declaratory statement, and it is a wonderful tool in those jurisdictions that have that in their um, statutory scheme to resolve issues prior to there being a need for court. And in your case, Mike, a declaratory statement may go to the sheriff of the county, the actual sheriff, because he's responsible, okay. the deputies under his authority. And also, and it also goes to the department. It also goes to the motor vehicle, uh, whatever it's called there. Forget the Florida Department of, of, of Public Safety, yeah, whatever it's called there. It also goes to the head of that agency on, re, on regards to those questions. And a non-responded to declaratory statement leaves a, a remedy that's really interesting. We spoke about this the other day. If you can think about this. Um, if you join somebody as a party who's an agency head on regards to an issue as far as agency action, and the agency head refuses to respond on regards to agency action, that leaves you without remedy and relief, um, and you're down in the courts duking it out with the underling. So um, when you do such a thing and you bring them in and they don't join because they won't respond, uh, you certainly have a remedy as uh, failed to join an indispensable party to the action, and um, and you certainly have a denial of due process uh, as far as their non-response. So they just can't have it both ways. And it creates a it creates another tool for the um, for the people boot on their neck. Yeah. Okay. And Florida, Florida is a state that offers a declaratory statement. You need to check your state to see whether or not it does as well. But it's a great yeah. Story. Yeah, I, I only ask that because uh, you know when I read that it, it says uh, agency disposition of petitions shall be final agency action, which maybe I misunderstood that. But to me, it sounded like if they, uh, I guess based on what you said, I think I understand it better. I was uh, I was under the uh, miscomprehension that it meant. They could just deny it, and then it's like you're shut down, you know. And I, I think I just was not understanding it properly. No, it forces the 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 department head to answer your questions as to as it pertains to status, rights, capacity, and legal relations. So, so then, uh, it, it is uh, a nice tool. So then, disposition of petitions. Would that mean uh, what exactly would you that would mean? Just, well, they're petitioning the court to have you arrested for these charges, right, or, or charged with these charges and 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 um, sentenced, right? Okay. And you're send in a declaratory statement to the sheriff, who is over the people who did what they did to you. Okay, and asking uh -huh. those, you know, 
questions that are ripe for declaratory action. Okay, very similar to a declaratory judgment action, except it pertains in specific to how an agent of the state acted in their office, okay, and didn't have the right to do what they did. Or do they not? Are you, are you even a party? Are they under, your, uh, under their jurisdiction? Um, okay. So how? Where did they get this? Yeah. So it's a similar statement, and it's a similar process. It's just not a separate action. It's, it's used as part of your defense in calling in uh, the respondent superior, the queen or the crown or the president or the governor or, you know, the head of okay. the police and sheriff or the, you know what I mean? Right. Chief yes. of police, it's, uh, you know, if it's a, um, um, you know, a city or something like that. Right. When you're getting that. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a tool and it's a really good tool for that. Um, it'd be nice if more states had something like that. Uh, in your case, Florida does, and, it, and uh, you know, we, we added that to the to-do list because there are quite a few um, of these um, folks like the sheriff and the head of the DOT or whatever motor vehicle that uh, have a lot of explaining to do. Right. And this is something very similar to a, um, well, I would say way better than, but uh, interrogatories <laughs> or admissions like what we're using. It can be used in addition to that in a declaratory way because if, okay. if, the, if that declaratory judgment or that declaratory statement is unanswered, then that leaves the questions as facts, you know? Right. How, however yep. you interpret so then you go back and say, hey, Sheriff, uh, you know, come back and say that, he, that his people had any authority to do what they did. Maybe he throws them on the bus because he doesn't want to answer, you know? Right. Okay. Now you take that, you know, now you take the, the, uh, the adjudication of that document, of that, that uh, statement, and use it as part of your defense. Okay. And challenge jurisdiction in that case. But that's just one way to use it. Would you agree, Daniel? Yes, yes. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, you have reached that time. You're welcome, Mike. And I uh, appreciate everybody joining me tonight and uh, participating, and I hope you got something out of it. Until next time. Uh, Daniel, is, is there a call this Thursday? Isn't a call this Thursday, right? Not this Thursday. Next Thursday after. Okay, so that's what the fourteenth, I believe you said yes. the other day. Yes. Okay, so that's the house prayer call on Thursday. The fourteenth will be the next one. And for those of you who uh, participate in the Wednesday call, uh, this Wednesday we are going to have. Um, I believe, yeah, we were supposed to do the uh, mock court this past Wednesday, so we'll have a presentation this Wednesday on uh, a topic. And we will, I believe we're hearing from Linda this uh, Wednesday.
All right. But in, uh, until then, guys, thank you again for, for joining me tonight and participating. It's your questions that make this call uh, worth having. <laughs> Nobody wants to get thank on here and just much. hear me ramble. No, thank you so much. You're I welcome. want to ask you, what's the, thank you. what's the name of that Facebook um, page that you have? That's where I noticed um, your uh, meeting tonight. Yeah, it's how to win in court without a liar. I don't know why it popped up, but I'll have to like the page and follow it. <laughs> Thank you so much. There you go. You're welcome, Sam. Thank you. All right, guys, have a fantastic night and a great week. Thank you. You have a better one. See you. <laughs>